sometimes you just there's good days in racing and there's bad days in racing today was a bad day my name is Willie Falcon I was the undisputed king in the cocaine if industry. you're watching you can't hear the music you gotta head over to Apple Podcasts to Spotify to listen to the music when the show starts uh, YouTube doesn't let us play music, so it was my cocaine. just give it. I Bear with us if you're watching. Bear with us. Into what it is today. $20 billion got me 27 years in federal prison. I always hey, let Willie Falcon talking that shit. That's what my best days are ahead of me. He's talking that shit. I am that richer shit. than I ever been. I would like to send my love to my friend Rick Ross. Rick, I am immensely appreciated. And giving me love and keeping my name in your music for the past two decades. Go uh, pick up that new Rick Ross. It's Kasabian. Kasabian Lava One. What's going on, beautiful people? My name's Kasabian Lavo. Welcome back to the Kasabian Lavo Show, live from Las Vegas. This is episode 266, I believe. 266, live from Las Vegas. My name's Kasabian. I'll be your host with talent on loan from God. And we have another good episode, I think. But before we start, <clears throat> I, uh, you know, Mondays is when we do mental health. Wednesdays, I'm usually hoping that the mood is a little lighter, but I ain't gonna front. It's been a rough, long fucking day. And... <sighs> It's okay to not be okay. I know it doesn't make any sense why you feel this way, but it's okay. It just sucks. It it really sucks. Like dealing with, with, with mental health issues is probably one of the harder silent things that a person has to deal with. And I'm just letting you know that I understand we're not as crazy as they make us seem. It's not crazy at all. We're just different. And I'm here for you. And, and I, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Like, shit, damn. All right. With that being as heavy as, as all hell. <laughs> I didn't want to start so damn heavy, but that's where we are. It's been a weird, like, I don't, yo, we, we, taking off over there on tiktok so shout out to tiktok it was like 350 followers now like we're literally doing like 100 a day or something that's dope shout out to, to all them out there the engagement is dope there's a lot of people out there that that shit is fun it is it's you getting appreciation for putting in hard work like we've been working on the show for three years trying to you know figure it out we've changed a lot of things we keep on adjusting and it'll keep on for you know it'll forever change and always adjust but it's definitely been a long three years of trying to figure out where we're headed with it. And I think I'm I'm there. You know, I think I figured it out. And I always say we, but it's me. This 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 thing changed a lot and it'll keep on changing, but I think we're in a good spot. And uh TikTok just uh they kind of validate that. It's definitely a good thing. I have no idea what's happening with the new Streamlabs desktop. I don't get it. It's so strange. Totally strange. All right, today we'll be talking about this Zoom phone call heard around the world. Now, listen, if you didn't see it, don't worry, because it's all over TikTok and it's on YouTube. And this guy is fucking hilarious. We'll get into that. Tiger Woods, it was pretty dope to see him out and about with his son at the uh, PNC Championship. I mean, it, it, yo, he was in a car accident about, what, a year ago now? It's been a year. And it, he looked good. He, looked, he was having a good time with his son. That was dope to see. There was 40 earthquakes off the coast the pacific coast 
If that doesn't scare you, I'll scare you. I'm going to ruin your day. Kellogg's strike has finally come to an end. But was it a good thing? We'll definitely find out. And um, have you guys heard of this uh, at-home work hacks? Like when you, when you work from home, these little hacks they got to like keep the mouse awake so that it doesn't say that you're not at your desk. That's that's pretty dope, right? That's why that Zoom call happened and everybody got fired. Uh, and uh, the last story is a real estate story, which I definitely want to tell because I find this you know sickening and appalling. The fact that a black couple was appraised at a lower value because of their race is beyond me and unacceptable. And as a real estate agent, as a realtor, honestly, I'm just I'm disappointed because it's the year 2021. What are you doing? Can somebody explain? Hold on, y'all. I have no fucking clue. No, 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 no. Okay. This better help story is great. This guy's a CEO at better.com. I don't know what's going on at better.com, but nonetheless, they had a Zoom phone call with all their employees, and some of the employees decided to film the Zoom call. During the Zoom call, it starts off pretty weird. Uh, he's basically like, oh, you know, things aren't doing too well. Things are okay, and, you know, we're making it through it. But, unfortunately, uh, this is harder This is harder for me than it's going to be for y'all. You know, uh, I hate to do this. I've only done this once before. And basically what he was getting down to is I'm firing all of you that are on this phone call. And that's how he ended it. He was like, basically, if you're on this call, you're laid off. And everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, they lost their shit rightfully so right like that they didn't it wasn't like you had a 30 day or a two week or nothing no you got a zoom call and dude was like man this sucks whoo well you're fired all of you see ya it, it it was great like he had no remorse either all that i'm gonna cry shit was out the window that dude was so dry faced I, I i remember having corporate meetings and they would do stupid shit like open the banana upside down and tell you that that's the proper way and and cry and tell you stories about bullshit that nobody ever believed like i love real estate stories too those are the best when they tell you that they walk door to door and they call people and and it was so this and so that it never happened it never happens it never happens and now in, in the age of the internet try and tell that bullshit story about knocking on doors and blah 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 no 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 this just doesn't happen anyway back to this my bad this is fucking hilarious but of course he's remorseful for what he did because honestly he's probably the biggest dickhead in the country right now or in the world the zoom call really rang around the whole world and he uh the stories from the guardian i think his name is garg what a strange i'm sorry sir garg said that he was sorry for the way i handled the layoffs last week after staff uproar over video call last wednesday the 43 year old added I failed to show the appropriate amount of respect and appreciation for the individuals who were affected for their and for their contributions to better. I owned the decision to do the layoffs, but I communicated it in a blunder and... Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's not a... For you to say that it was a blunder, let's just keep it a buck. That would mean that it was like a, oops, like, my bad, I fucked up. No, no, it was beyond a blunder. Like, he definitely dropped the ball. Did anybody say, hey... Maybe you shouldn't do that. Like, nobody ran over there and said, hey, maybe you should send out letters or call everybody one by one. I understand it's 900 people, but over a Zoom call, dog, you are sick. But welcome to, to 2021, right? Like, this is it. This is how we get fired now. They don't do 
mass layoffs. I've been a part of a mass layoff. That shit is not fun. And it was around the holiday season. It always happens around the holiday season with these companies. They can't figure out a better time to get rid of you. And Zoom might probably be the most disrespectful way to ever get fired. And uh, Gage or Grage, Grage, whatever your name is, bro, yo, you get the nasty word for the week. Like that, that's insane. Like, you're going to Zoom call everybody in the morning like, yo, good morning. He's all happy and shit. Uh, I'm a, oh, uh, what's popping? I'm a, I'm a introduce myself. He's like, I'm the boss. <laughs> uh, everybody take a seat. Everybody look comfortable as fuck. Boom, you all fired five minutes later. Like, he got right into it. He got right into it. He gets the nasty word for sure. For sure. What else we getting into? Okay. I live in Vegas, and we have the San Andreas fault line right next to us. So us and Californians have a lot to worry about when people start talking about earthquakes and people start talking about volcanoes going off in the Pacific. If you don't know what the Ring of Fire is, Google it. We won't get into the Ring of Fire right now, and we won't get into all the crazy tsunamis right now. Nonetheless, the story will touch on it. I got to stop saying nonetheless because I don't know the less. And I don't know if it's none of the less. Anyway, that's besides the point. This, it's okay. So the earth has tectonic plates. Like if most of y'all don't know that, let's have, we'll have that conversation real fast. So the earth is on moving plates. Those plates shift causing earthquakes. Sometimes they're like pimples and they go and they spit up lava. And that lava is really fucking hot and it makes more land. It's the only time there's more land. The one thing that there isn't in this entire world is more land except in Hawaii that's literally made from volcanoes and it's created more land but that's the one scarcity that we can't get back bingo okay the chat is on it the chat is on it all right chat that's what's up boom ring of fire so the ring of fire is in the pacific uh Hawaii is involved in that where my son is so it worries the shit out of me because he's literally in the middle of the ocean and then the coastal effect of what can happen if the ring of fire goes off like they've told these stories that when the ring of fire sets off we're gonna have crazy earthquakes all the volcanoes crack off and then a tsunami will ensue that will basically drop California off the edge of the United States like it can happen it's not a maybe and it's not a how it's more of a when so we haven't had volcanoes going off in quite some time so that always worries them we've had a few start sparking off but yesterday something pretty scary happened over 40 earthquakes 40 earthquakes it didn't hit land it was in the middle of the ocean but 40 earthquakes holy shit let's get into the story from cnn and we'll we'll see if we can get some, uh, man okay there's a movie i want to say it's on netflix it's a doc about the uh the giant tsunamis i don't know if y'all know how those giant tsunamis happen where basically because of earthquakes the giant chunks of earth fall into the water and then the water goes splashes back and then boom hits and and floods everything the doc is crazy because the town <coughs> excuse me the town that this happened in was in was in portland I believe Portland. I can't remember. I know it's a doc, though. There's a doc about the mega tsunamis. And if it's not a doc about mega tsunamis, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. So look up the mega tsunami doc that happened here. Like, this shit really happened. The, all the trees were pushed one way. This giant, like, basically the face of a mountain fell off. And it caused uh, a giant wave to crash into a crest town. And it basically leveled the entire town. Got trees literally pointing in the direction of how hard the wave hit them. Dope as shit crazy history super science i'm a nerd haven't y'all noticed that shit already like i'm a i'm I'm a geek bro 
Uh, let's get into it. So the story's from CNN. One of North America's most active fault lines sprung into life Tuesday after a swarm of more than 40 earthquake range, excuse me, earthquakes ranging from magnitude 3.5 to 5.8 rattled off the coast of Oregon, catching the attention and concerns of millions in the region. Why is it going to concern millions? Because this shit is terrifying. Like that mega tsunami could happen. Those like those earthquakes mean that stuff is moving under the ocean. <coughs> and with us not really seeing what's happening, we don't know how severe it is. You know, we'll we'll know that according to the you know the shock waves and whatnot. But that can set off the big one. The series of earthquakes, which began early Tuesday morning and continued into Wednesday, were all clustered. Be- <laughs> Fuck me. We're all clustered between 200 and 250 miles west of the coastal town of Newport, Oregon. Far enough, but mostly undetected on land. But given the area's seismic history, it's creating quite a buzz. Look up that doc. I promise you it'll fill in a lot of these blanks. It's going to scare the shit out of you, but it puts a lot of this into perspective. Fortunately, according to the United States National Tsunami Warning Center, none of this week's quakes have triggered a tsunami alert. However, the activity has heightened the concern level for some, as the region is among the most earthquake-prone areas in North America and has produced already one of the largest earthquakes in the continental U.S. states on January 26, 1700. The quake occurred on the neighborhood Cascade Subdivision Zone, a mega-thrust fault damn was it a mega thrust wasn't it a mega tsunami i think it was a mega tsunami why are they not calling it that what am i getting wrong appreciate you i don't get it so it was a mega tsunami i'm sticking to that they had this giant earthquake i'm telling you this face of the of the mountain basically just fell off into the ocean the ocean shifted boom the whole town got just wiped out wiped out i wish we had visuals i'm gonna need we need visuals for this so if you live in the pacific area at california oregon washington uh all my folks in hawaii everybody that that knows knows bro the san andreas is terrifying the ring of fire is terrifying like this whole shit is movie shit y'all seen the movies with the rock this is crazy you have to jump out the helicopter to save everybody what are we supposed to do what are, what are we supposed to do with earthquakes and volcanoes and shit popping off all at the same time? Earlier this year, we covered the Kellogg story because I was blown away at how much money people make working at Kellogg's. Up to $250,000 a year. I hate when businesses say that. Tell me what I'm going to make if I'm brand new coming into your company. Say, hey, man, your first year, you're going to make like $10,000. Let me give you some numbers like real estate numbers. Real estate... Uh, Real estate is numbers driven. So everything's percentages, everything's how, when, and how much. And they'll break that shit down from the beginning of time till now. In real estate, they tell you your first year, you might crack one deal or two because of your your family. Your second year, that's when you really start to catch wind. And in your third year is when you really start to take off because you got less debt uh, for getting started. Your first year is the most expensive year in real estate. Like, it's terrible. So when people go, oh, you can make a million dollars in real estate. You can. You can, and you might be a, one of those few, few lucky ones that crack a million-dollar deal right off rip. But to be honest with you, it's very difficult. Real estate's a difficult, difficult field. It's not as easy as people make it seem, and it's all about who you know. And, and in a game like this, honestly, your friends will definitely determine your future. Uh, Richard Pena, he, he always says that, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. I don't have any friends, so obviously I don't have a future. So I'm here with y'all, and I hope that this is a, ba- a vast, fast future. When Kellogg said that they paid $250,000 a year to bag cereal, bitch, I packed my fucking bags. We was out of here, yo. Are you crazy? 
I'm doing frosted flakes, corn flakes, all the are you what? 250 a year? Bro, that's the dream. Are you crazy? We get to move to Kentucky and make a quarter million dollars a year? What? Bro, I'll take the night shift. My old lady could take the day shift. That means we're taking home half a million dollars a year for bagging cereal. It's not even cocaine. It's cereal. How could you go wrong? Look how happy everybody looks in the commercials when they do the Honey Nut Cheerio shit. I wanted to be them. 250 a year? I'd stand there and bag that shit with my eyes. Are you crazy? I do it on my head, bro. So that might not be the case. That might not be the case. They might not be paying that much. Besides that, it's union. I'm not fond of unions. But at this point in time, I believe we do need something similar to unions to help workers. And I'm sorry, my chains keep moving and I see them moving and my neck hurts from even wearing them. I shouldn't have put them on. Uh, unions are necessary when the employees are being abused. And back in the early 1900s, that was obviously happening all the time. But it seems like we're there again. And although I'm against unions, nah, let me be honest. I'm not against unions. I just don't like how they operate. So, yeah, I'm against unions. Fuck it. Like I'm not here to fucking cape. I, I don't like what they do. I don't care. I don't think it's a good thing. I think that it, it, it's necessary when it's necessary and it's not necessary all the time. It should be almost like a selective contractual thing. But what do I know? Kellogg's finally solved their strike problem. It's been a couple months and they're going to fucking wrap this up. So the story comes from Fast Company. Kellogg's has announced that it'll replace 1,400 workers who walked out on strike in November over pay and benefit disputes, reports Rudders. On December 5th, two months after the strike began on October 5th, Kellogg workers who were members of the Bakery, Convectionary, Tobacco, Working, and Grain Millers International Union, or the BCTGM, voted to reject the latest offer from the company as a un... Wait, wait, wait. I'll finish this. As the union stated, the members have spoken. The strike continues. The International Union will continue to provide full support of our strike Kellogg, striking Kellogg's members. So, that 250000 a year, I'm wondering if that's including benefits. Because if it's including benefits, no thank you. Like, I want two hundred and fifty I'll do what I want. With two hundred and fifty k a year, I can take care of myself. Do you understand what I'm saying, y'all? And with a job like that, your taxes are a lot lower than a person who's like an independent contractor or a business person independently. Trust me, you're going to want them to, they take all the liability. This is a dream job. 250 a year and somebody else takes the liability? Bro, you could buy a Cullinan. Check this out. 250 a year, you get a multi-million dollar house. You, you start off with going to a million dollar house, right? That's your first year working there. You and your old lady making two hundred and fifty a year. Y'all cracking. That's half a mil. Y'all making five hundred thousand a year. Y'all bought a house for a million dollars. Y'all make half. So why would you buy a million dollar house at half a million a year? You would buy a three million dollar house. Nah, fuck that. You buy a million dollar house and then buy four duplexes or four fourplexes, right? You only work here for five years. Hear me out. You go to Kellogg's for five years. That's the problem. You shouldn't be there forever. At two fifty a year. Me and my old lady could work at Kellogg's for five years and leave out of there with three and a half million dollars. But we could turn that three and a half million into 20 if we play it right. And they take all the liability. That's the easy part, bro. That's crazy bread. They just don't give you that type of money. And being under the unions and paying fees and shit like this, they don't see it my way. I don't think jobs are supposed to be forever. I think jobs are supposed to be for a short period of time. And then you fuck off. If I make, if me and my old lady can crack three million, we could buy a three million dollar house, flip it for five. Buy four or five duplexes or more than that. Maybe even buy an apartment complex. Make residual money for the rest of our lives off of that. Buy a bunch of exotic cars. Put those up for rent on Toro. We'll make residual money off of that. Have multiple vehicles. Have electric cars. So that way we get tax incentives. Won't even live in Kentucky. We can come back to Nevada. Not pay any taxes. And stack bread. Bro, and all we got to do is sacrifice three years of bagging cereal. 
That's it. Bag and cereal. Anyways, uh, back to the story. My bad. But instead of going back to the table for another round of talks on December 7th, Kellogg announced that it has no plans to meet the union. <laughs> this is great. We're not going to meet with y'all. Fuck y'all. The union again. Additionally, excuse me. They have no plans to meet the unions again for additional negotiations. Instead, the company will move directly into its contingency plans, replacing all 1,400 striking employees with new permanent positions. The prolonged work stoppage. This was a statement from Kellogg's. The prolonged work stoppage has left us with no choice but to hire permanent replacement employees in positions vacated by striking workers, Kellogg said in a blog post. These are great job positions and posting for permanent positions help us find qualified people to fill them. Like I said, I believe jobs should be cyclical. You should only work at a place for a couple years and then move on. And if it pays at this level, you don't even need to be there long and you get to facilitate more people. Let's say you don't get into real estate, but you find something else to invest your money in. At that rate of money, you don't need to work for Kellogg's for more than four or five years. All right, my boy, I appreciate you. Oh, bless up, bless up. I, Ayo, shout out to the chat. Uh, I, I definitely fuck with the chat. This Kellogg story is interesting, and I want to know where else it goes because I still think there's an absurd amount of money to bag cereal. And and I really, I'm hooked on the idea that people in the middle of the country are making half a million dollars, a quarter million dollars a year bagging cereal. Are you crazy? Me, I'll be fucking El Chapo and my wife will be goddamn uh, Grazetta fucking Blanco and we'll be bagging up all the Cheerios. You got me fucked up. What else is going on? Okay, so this worker home hack thing. I, I'm, I've am i worked remote, I guess, forever because we've always built our studios at home and our offices have been from home the way that we uh, have everything set up. It's just easier that way, right? Especially with what we do. Now... The story comes from Vice, and it's about a lady that used, excuse me, uh, I guess uh, her name is Leah. Uh, she used a mouse mover so that when uh, basically the program that was hooked up to her computer would tell her office when she wasn't moving her mouse, which would put her in basically away mode, which would show that she was away from her desk, leading, uh, you know, showing others that she wasn't there, which would give the impression that she's not doing her job. And because she's at home, she's she's not on her game. So she got this thing that moves the mouse and keeps it up. And she's just like using it as her trick, I guess, to not be left, you know, as a way. Sounds dope. But are you stealing company time? Like, is that what the problem is? Because that's what happened with that Zoom shit. He, the guy broke down why he fired 900 people. And the breakdown was these guys are clocking in eight hours of work, but they're only doing two. So something like this to me looks like a time steal, but it sounds funny and cute so we can get into the story. But working from home shouldn't be this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think everybody understands that working from home is a little bit easier because you kind of get more done with less pressure. But at the same time, like with greater power comes great responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. Uh, let's get into the story, though. Vice. Leah did not expect her TikTok video about her work from home hack to go viral. She started using a mouse mover, a small device placed under her mouse's computer to keep the cursor active after her job as a business led in advertising transition to remote work at the start of the pandemic. Her company issued computer set her status to away. 
whenever she stopped moving her cursor or got it from her desk for more than a few seconds. That's crazy. Few seconds is, is outrageous. And with three kids at home who needed help with remote classes during school lockdowns, the little away signal was driving her nuts. Working remotely, your colleagues can't physically see when you get up and go to the bathroom or grab lunch or even take your 30-minute break to reset on the couch, Leah told me. The last thing I wanted during those moments was to be paranoid about what people thought if I was working, especially since I felt like working at home, I was working more than ever. See, I don't know if working at home means you're working more than ever. I don't know if I find that. And I think that that's cheating. I don't think it's fair that it puts you on a way, though. I think there should be a better way. That's kind of overreach. Like, they should let you pick when you do away. Like, it's an honor system. If you fuck it up, then we're going to have to get rid of you. The last story of today is about an appraisal gone completely wrong. Homes don't have race, sex, gender, religion, nothing. Homes are just sticks, bricks, and shit you live in. The idea that people will treat you different because of the color of your skin or your race or who you are or anything of that nature is ridiculous. As a realtor, we have an oath, we have a duty, and we stand by it. And our code of ethics is one of the strongest in the world. As a matter of fact, we were the first to start a code of ethics, and I'm a part of the National Realtors Association, which... That code of ethics began with us and has moved on into doctors, lawyers, and, and, and every other field in the world. We started that because we understand that buying a home is the biggest purchase you'll probably make in your entire life. Most people's biggest purchase will be their home. The last thing you want is for somebody to jerk you. Now, when somebody appraises your home, that appraisal sticks. So if somebody gives you a shitty appraisal, you have to understand that there's no way around it. You kind of got to wait the game out and... If it comes in too low, you can fight it, but you have to have real good reason or you had to have made some decent changes. This family had a home in, in San Francisco, and it seemed to be a beautiful home. They have put upgrades. They have added square footage. They have added money into the home. And when they called for uh, an appraisal to get a refi, they were actually undervalued. They believed they were undervalued because they were black and they had African-American things on their walls, including pictures of their family and just heritage. It was their home. You know, it's decorated. I will say this for any and every client that I ever work with. The first thing I tell you is depersonalize the home. I don't want to see any pictures. I don't want to see anything on the wall. It's not yours anymore. You got to let it go. Nobody wants to see your family. They're going to walk in and they're going to they have to imagine themselves there. They don't want to see you there or your pictures of you being there. because That's going to ruin the effect. You want them to go, oh, this could be mine. They don't want to see all your stuff. Trust me. That has nothing to do with appraisal. Appraisal is supposed to go in, look at the structure. They're supposed to look for uh, any defects. They're supposed to look at all if there was work done. They have to make sure that there's permits. They have to make sure that it did increase value. In that area, if you look at the comps and you saw the home and where it sat, that area showed comps for about one and a half million at that size. They bought it for half a million. They put about $400,000 into it and they were expecting a $1.5 million valuation, uh, excuse me, uh, inspection so that they could go take that appraisal. Damn, what is wrong with me? <laughs> a one and a half million dollar appraisal so that could, they could take that to the bank and refi. And I mean, this is a great time to refi. Everything is low right now. You know, percentages are still low. Even though they're creeping up, it doesn't matter. It's a great time to refi and put money in your pocket. This was back in January. Now, the couple's suing this agency for what they've done because it's definitely discriminatory. I'm going to tell you why. This couple's pretty clever in what they did. And actually, I'm, I'm glad they did what they did. And this type of 
these type of companies need to be exposed and held accountable for what they're doing because this is wrong. This, there's nothing right about this. If an appraiser comes into your home and rates and gives you a lower appraisal because of your race, your sex, your gender, anything, they should be fired immediately and they should never be in this field. You're not wanted here. A home doesn't have and another thing, there's there's a there's a part in this story where I'm not okay with, especially as an agent. I don't think I mean I should even say it, but they call it a black neighborhood. There's no such thing in real estate. Sorry, we don't we can't do that. Like we don't. You can't say, hey, where's the Puerto Rican neighborhood or where's the black neighborhood? I can't point you into that direction. That's illegal. You have to find it on your own. All I can tell you is, you know, these are the areas you can find any statistics that you want online. I can give you all access to the school district. I can show you what schools are in the area. Uh, I can give you, you know, local police departments where you can go ask what, what the areas are like. If you're looking for anything specific, like as a realtor, I can't say this is a great area or this is a bad area. It's illegal. I just can't do it. it what if, because what my good is might not be your good. So when people go, wow, that's a big house. I go, yeah, that's relative. I have five kids and they're adults. I need at least 8,000 square feet to live comfortably. To some people, that's big. To some people, that's small. You see what I'm saying? So I can't say, hey, this is a bad neighborhood. This is a good neighborhood. I honestly, I'm a realtor, so I can't like tell my clients I feel more comfortable in, in the hood. But it's true. I, I feel way safer in the hood. People rob where I live now. They never rob me in my neighborhood. You crazy? But to each his own. And they don't make 8,000 square foot houses in my old neighborhood. And I ain't trying to live there. But I can't. If somebody said they wanted a house in my old neighborhood, guess what? This house right here has everything you want. You were looking for a house. Here's a house. You're looking for two floors. Here's two floors. You were looking for rooms, some walls, some windows. There it is. There's tons of natural lighting. Uh, great neighborhood. That's that's not That's not something that we have to emphasize on and and it's not a thing it's just not a thing it doesn't change it like it the value of the house is the value of the house and some neighborhoods have lower values because of location that's the key to real estate location 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 stories from newsweek a california couple are suing janet miller a real estate appraisal alleging that she gave them a low ball valuation on their home because they're black tanisha tate austin and her husband paul austin and the nonprofit Fair Housing Advocates of Northern California filed the lawsuit in federal district court on December 2nd. The suit lists Miller and her company, Miller and Perotti Real Estate Appraisals, as well as appraisal management company AMC Links as defendants. According to the lawsuit, the Austins and their children moved into their four-bedroom home in Marina County, or excuse me, Marin? County, after purchasing it for $550,000 in December of 2016, they sought to refi their mortgage last year, having spent thousands of dollars on renovating that increased the square footage of the home, upgraded the kitchen, upgraded the bathroom, and redesigned the interior. But the couple were surprised by Miller uh, hired through AMC Links, concluding that the market value of the home in the San Francisco Bay Area was $995,000. Excuse me, nine hundred and ninety-five thousand. After inspecting it, January twenty twenty, a figure that was far lower than earlier appraisals. According to the lawsuit, they specified their race and their racial demographics of the area had played a role in Miller's estimate. See, this is where it scares me because saying that the area, uh, you're you're making the area have uh, a race. We can't do that. That's not a thing. 
if the area is a bad area due to, and I can't even say bad area, excuse me, but if the area has less value for whatever the reason is, it could just be amenities. It could be how close it is to, to stores. It could be because of the view. It could be because of traffic. You know, like I live in a neighborhood where I'm like seven miles away from the closest store. I pay for that quietness. I pay for being away from, from things. I am very far away from the strip. We have a very low lighting in our neighborhood so that we can see, still see the stars. If you live in a city, you can't see stars, right? So I can't say I live in a X type of neighborhood or a Y type of neighborhood. I just live in a nice neighborhood. And all neighborhoods are nice because if you can live there, it's nice. They arranged for a second appraise, appraiser to inspect the home three weeks later, but this time the Austins erased any evidence of their racial identities in their home. The lawsuit reads, the couple removed any photos and African-themed art and even asked a white friend to pose as the homeowner. The friends, That friend put up photos of their own family around the house. The new appraisal was valued at 1.4825... <laughs> Hold on. There's no way that a couple of pictures and a white couple made this appraisal go up to $1.4 million, almost a half a million dollar higher than the Miller's estimate. Now, appraisals can come in different depending on the appraisal, appraiser. And I mean, this is touchy because you could have went about it a different way. And again, I think maybe call somebody in and do it again. You got to do a trial error because I think we need more information. I want to know why they went this route anyway. It doesn't make any sense that they renovated the house and then asked for, or is this the bank that hired this company to do this? I mean, it wouldn't be, it would, ah, see, this is fucking touchy. We believe that Miss Miller valued our home at a lower rate because of our race and because of our current and historical racial demographics of where our home is located. That's tough. Said Paul Austin, the sales comps uh, in the area appraisal, the sales comps in the area the appraiser chose used were unsuitable and were guaranteed to lower the value of our home. That's hard because, I mean, an agent can give you an estimate. And if your agent puts you an estimate and shows you what were you like, I'm your agent. You hire me. Saving. What's my, my home value? at? Let's take a look. You know, you got so many square feet. You have so many bedrooms. You have, you know, these views. You got a pool. You got this. You got that. Let's see what in the area will give you a mile radius and we'll see, you know, that's how we do it here in Vegas, half mile, mile radius. We can usually compare about 15, 20 houses that are actually, you know, in action. Houses that are selling, houses that have been sold, closed. We're really hot here. So it's like, it's easy to really compare. And if not, you, it's, it's not hard to give a decent, decent, decent idea of what a home's value is by showing comps in the area. Like there's, it's, it's, fairly simple to pull a couple comps and especially nearby like your home can't be that weird for example i'm gonna finish this story and then we'll talk about the mcbroom story because i think that story kind of ties in it well let's talk about let's finish this miller's company based in san rafael has been doing appraisals in the region for over 30 years according to the website we provide appraisals for lenders brokers amcs attorneys accountants realtors and homeowners my nose is stuffy the website states the Austins are seeking damages and asking the court to order the defendants to stop engaging in discriminatory discriminatory housing practices. The couple did manage to get a loan based on a second appraisal in March 2020, but they say they were not able to refinance on the more favorable terms that had been available earlier. We missed out on a better interest rate because of the unfair appraisal we received and to prove that civil rights and to prove that our civil rights have been violated. We had to erase who we were by having our white friends pose as homeowners and hiding <laughs> this is crazy and hiding the things in our home that represent who we are 
That was from Miss Tate Austin. Even worse, the discriminatory practices have the effect of lowering property values in okay. We can't I can't make that blanket statement. I don't care if it's in quotations. Yes, if it's discriminatory and they're doing this against people that are a POC, people of color, Spanish people, black people, Asian people, if they're discriminating on any type of people just because of their race, that's wrong. Illegal and wrong and frowned upon, and we're not okay with that. So that firm, I hope they do get shut down or get better investigated. And I, w- I want more information. I think we need more information. Now, the reason why I say that the McBroom story can help tell this story a little better, here's a good idea, right? You never buy a house and like go crazy on it. I was selling a home and the homeowner added a thousand square feet with no uh, fuck, no permit. They didn't hire contractors. They did it themselves. It wasn't even on the blueprints. They go, yeah, we have a whole other house on the house. And I said, what do you mean you have a house on a house? They thought that their house was now going to be worth a million dollars because they added a whole nother chunk of the house to the house. That's not how that works. You have to go through the proper channels to do these upgrades in your home. And I wouldn't even recommend doing any type of serious upgrades without hiring a contractor that knows what they're doing so that when the city comes for inspection, you can pass inspection. So that when it when it comes time to have appraisal, you know that you have nothing to worry about because the work was done professionally. It's insured and you get a guarantee like that to me. I would always I'm always going to pay for my guarantee and for my my security. California is a different market. California has a lot of things that I don't understand. But as an agent, I'm not okay with how this went down. I think they should have had an agent, even though they were just going for a refi. I would always speak to a realtor because they can put you in in the hands of a good loan officer that can help you refi. This is a great time to refi. Like I would recommend everybody look for refis right now. The market is still good for refis. Now, the reason why I said I wanted to bring up the McBrooms, if you know their story, they took two houses, made them one. And then that was valued at $10 million. I believe the houses were like a million and a half a piece, but because they wanted a giant house on a hill, uh, they com- they combined the houses, turned into like a mega mansion in a neighborhood where the most expensive house was like a million and, and five or a million six. If you build a $10 million house in a million dollar neighborhood, you might not get your money back. Like there's no way that you're going to be able to justify that. You're going to be able to sell more single family homes and you're going to be able to sell a 10,000 square foot mansion. It just doesn't happen. Not everybody has that type of money, right? You're going to catch more $300,000 sales than million dollar sales. Although California's market is a lot crazier than our market price wise. It really isn't like it's all relative to the area and them building two houses into one <coughs> in an area where the home values aren't even that high. Was shooting themselves in the foot and they overpaid for the work. So that appraisal should have never come in. Like that appraisal, they should go over there, appraise that house, and be like, this shit is worthless. This has no value to it. It's just a giant box in the middle of this nice neighborhood. That happens. Like people, like that's why HOAs are not that bad. And if you don't have an HOA, trust me, they're not that bad. This story is, is terrible though. I hope that they definitely get all this taken care of. And I would really like to see this investigated a lot more because. This is very heinous, and in 2021 or 2020, I don't think we should accept this at all from nobody and anywhere. And with that, I'm going to go play video games with my friends. My name is Kasabian. Live in the moment. Don't live in the past. Be safe. Stay dangerous. Lavo loves you. Wow.